Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 24. Let's go there. Matthew 24. We began on Sunday morning. I'm just going back and I'm re-preaching a series. I'm changing some things up a little bit, but I'm re-preaching a series, basically, on uh, surviving the end times. And we're just, we're just taking some time just to look at some things that we have to watch out for in the last days or it can knock us out. And, um, you know, one of the things that really has been on my spirit over the last few years is to talk about, you know, these end times and making it through them and surviving them. Because I take the Apostle Paul's admonition very seriously when he says that some shall depart from the faith. And I take it very serious about those uh, where the Bible talks about a falling away. And I don't just like say, well, we're all all right. Well, we, we may be all right, but we have to stay all right. And so I taught this series, I think it was 2019, maybe 2018. I think it's 2019, yeah, 2019. And I just, I'm just going back over it and I, you know, just preaching them in the order I had them back then. I just, you know, felt like this, of, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe this came up in my spirit to do this. And so we started last Sunday morning. But, uh, and so we're talking about different things each time, but we're just talking about surviving the end times. Tonight, I want to talk about watching out, you know, for offense. And the trap of it. Actually, it's a trap. And so I want you to go with me to Matthew 24 because there's some things here. that I want, to, I want to begin here and then we'll look at some other things tonight. Are you ready? Amen. Matthew 24 says, and this is Jesus. He says, and then, or in the end times, uh, shall many. Everybody say many. many. Well, how many is many? Well, it's not a few, is it? Many, shall many be, the King James says, offended. I like that. Uh, and shall betray one another, because that's what's actually what Jesus is talking about. They'll be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now, I don't know. I, I've, just, uh, I've just never seen so many people offended as there are today in our world. I mean, everybody's got an offense about something. I'm not getting my rights. I'm not getting my... And it's just pushed by the you know, certain groups of people to just push this offense thing. And uh, they, just keep, it's, they just keep picking at it until they've got people stirred up. But we got to watch that that doesn't get in us, that that doesn't get in the church. Amen. Because we're, 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 not to, we're not to go down on that level with the world. Amen. You know, people are offended over this. They're offended over that. I'm offended that you're not offended. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's like, I've ever seen anything like this, you know, that this group's offended at this group. And this group's offended. I didn't get my rights. I didn't get my ways, you know. And, you know, and we, we have a society today, and I hope this doesn't sound just all negative. I hope we can get some positive stuff going here. Uh, but once we get off this series, then maybe I'll preach some uh, about some of our redemption benefits, but, uh, but you know, uh, we have a, we, we, we have a society today that, 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 uh, has been trained, not on everybody, of course, but too many have been trained that they, they're owed something. They're owed something. Amen. Entitlement. I'm entitled to this. You know, you're, 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 you've, got, you've got rights by the Constitution of the United States, but you're not entitled to be taken care of by everybody else. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us to take care of the, those that, you know, can't take care of themselves. But we got people, they want free this and free that. And, you know, we're seeing what the benefits of it now. People are throwing fits when they don't get their free stuff. They don't get what they want. They, they don't get their way. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. 
We serve a God that if you'll just trust Him, He'll take care of everything that you need. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you know, listen to me. I understand that, you know, I understand that, uh, that you know, we've got our government benefits and things like that. But don't you look to the government as your source. I don't know whether you know this, but they're highly in debt. Amen. And, and, and then they think we're, they think we're crazy because we don't want to go any further in debt. If I've given you $31 trillion and you spent it all, I don't want to give you anymore. Sorry. You ain't no better off. If you're no better than that, well, moving right along, praise the Lord. I'm getting offended. <laughs> we're talking about not getting offended, right? But what Jesus say? He said in the last days, many. Many's not a few, right? So there's going to be a lot of people offended. Now, here's the thing that you have to watch. Brother Hagin used to teach this. He said, whatever's in the world will get into the church if you don't stop it, if you don't let it, if you don't, if you don't keep it from happening. It'll get in the church, you know. And so people will start getting offended. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, they'll take that offense. Like, you know what I'm saying? People, they, they just... You know, here's what, here's what I understand. God's people, God's people, they're the best. They really are. We can disagree with you and still love you and pray for you. Amen. See, the, the ones that preach tolerant, they're, they're tolerant as long as you agree with them. You disagree with them and you'll find tolerance is out the door. But God's people, God's God's people that are truly walking in the love of God, you, they may not agree with you, but they'll still pray for you and love you and, and share the word with you and lead you to the Lord and give to you. Amen. Because uh, we have the nature of God inside of us. Right? The Bible says that, that uh, God put His nature in us when we got born again. Hallelujah. That doesn't mean you're God, but it means... You ought to at least resemble him somewhat. Amen. Now, so, so Matthew 24, Jesus said many would be offended. Well, uh, we've got to watch out for that because if Jesus, I mean, if Jesus warned us about this, then we need to take heed, right? Isn't that right? See, he talked about different things and warned about different things, but this is one of the things that he warned about is many being offended. Now, go to Matthew chapter 16. Let's go there. Um, I'm going to look at, um, you know, at least four or five scriptures tonight, if we can get do this. But let's go to uh, Matthew 16. Go to Matthew 16. And uh, we'll begin reading in uh, verse 21. You got it? It says, And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto His disciples how that He must go unto Jerusalem, and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. I mean, that was the plan of God, right? And then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now, how many know, <laughs> anytime you pull Jesus aside and start to rebuke him, you're off course, brother. You should know that. Saying... Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not happen unto thee. Now, my cross-reference where it says, where the King James says, Be it far from thee, my cross-reference says, Pity thyself. Pity thyself. It says, G-R, Greek, means pity yourself. In other words, Lord, feel sorry for yourself. I mean, come on, what, what, what was he saying? Here's what he's saying. Jesus you are such a wonderful person. You, yeah, that's true. You, you are so worthy. Uh, you are such a good person that there's no way this could ever happen to you or should ever happen to you. But how many know it was the plan of God? Now I want you to notice this. I want you to listen now. Verse 23, Peter, Peter said, be it far from you. Verse 23, but he turned, Jesus turned and he said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's quite a rebuke, isn't it? Amen. When Jesus get behind, what, what was he talking about? Well, 
He, he simply realized that, that what Peter just said, it came from Satan. Right? Doesn't mean Peter's a bad person. Doesn't mean that he's demon-possessed. It just simply means he got this from the wrong source. Now, it's something. Just a few verses up, Jesus said, who, who do men say I am? Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you got that from the, my father. He heard from the father, and a few, few verses later, he heard from the devil. How I many know sometimes we're not any better? A lady came to Brother Caps one time and said, Brother Caps, the devil's been telling me. Well, he said, well, you got your problem solved right there. Don't listen to him. He's a liar. Amen. Anything that brings you down, listen now, you know, that voice, because there's voices out there. How many know that? The Bible says that we're to try the spirits to see if they're of God. Now, what does that tell That means other spirits are going to speak to us besides the spirit of God. We have to discern what's talking to us. Isn't that right? See, all those voices of you're no, you're, you're no good, you're, you might as well take your life. People hear those voices, don't they? Well, those aren't God. Those come from the devil because they're, it's there to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen? So you have to discern. That's not the voice of God. You know, oh, I'm going to be defeated. I'm never going to make it. You know, I'm no, I'm no good. I'm ugly. I'm all that. You know what I'm saying? Don't raise your hand. But anybody ever heard voices like that? You know, and, and then the devil say, well, that's God telling you that. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's like I heard one minister say, he said, a guy said, he said, I, I was up on this building, and he said, I heard this tall building, I heard this voice say to me, he said, jump, jump. He said, I turned around and said, you jump, I ain't jumping. <laughs> How many know that voice was not the voice of God? Amen. <laughs> So we have to understand, Peter heard from God, but then what he said here, Jesus said, rebuke Satan. He said, get behind me, Satan. He recognized that was the devil using Peter to speak to him. He started, he, verse 23, he turned and said unto him, get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense unto me. For you savor us not, or you're not mindful of the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Jesus said, Satan, you're an offense to me. Now that, that word offense is the Greek word scandalon. And scandalon means a trap or a snare. In other words, what Jesus said, Satan, you're trying to ensnare me here. You're trying to trap me and get me to be offended because I'm going to be treated this way and I don't deserve it. Right? I mean, no, he didn't deserve it. But yet, it was the plan of the Father... And this is what Peter was saying. No, you don't deserve this. Uh-uh, no way. You don't deserve this. That wouldn't be right for this to happen to you. Amen. But how many understand it, the devil was trying to get Jesus offended here? Sure he was. See, one of the things, one of the, things the devil is, is he's, a, he's an offense uh, peddler. You go back. I don't have time to teach on this. I have taught on this before. But you go back in the book of Ezekiel 28 where it talks about the devil. It talks about him and it talks about him being, you know, being a, a, the, the, his trafficking, trafficking. Ezekiel 30, 28 says, talks about his traffic. The interesting thing is that means to peddle. In other words, the devil was peddling something. And, and it, it has a connection to where the Bible says not to go about as a talebearer in Leviticus. It's connected to that right there. So one of the things, and I know, you know, I'm not going to look at this, but you can, you can check it out later if you want to. But one of the things that the devil did was he went about as a tailbearer trying to turn the angels against God. And he got one-third of them offended at God, didn't he? One-third of them went with him. Because he peddled this, you know, God, you know, if I was in charge, I would treat you better than that. Honey, ain't nobody going to treat you any better than God. Pardon my English, but there's not. Amen. And so, so he, 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 got the, he got the angels, one-third of the angels, into offense. It's one of his weapons. You know, the Bible talks about Satan has devices. Let me know that. And it's one of his devices, and we have to watch out for that. You, you know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, the whole world's full of offense right now. I've never seen such, such... I'm trying to be nice. I'll say it with a smile. 
I've never seen such babies as we have in America today. Sometimes I think, I hope we don't get in a war soon because we've got too many babies. Hopefully all of our military is not that way. But, boy, if they have to draft some of them, my Lord, they have to grow up quick and get their, get their thumb out of their mouth. Quit sucking it. Amen. Amen. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like Dr. Barclay said one time, he said he landed in this place to preach, you know, and his pilots, they know what to do. They know what they're supposed to do. And he said they were acting like they didn't know what to do. And, he, and he's like, you guys know what to do. Get it done. Leave me alone. You know, because they've done it hundreds of times. But for some reason, they, they, they just, I don't know, they just were asking a bunch of questions. And he's like, you guys know how to do this. You've done this a bunch of times. Just get, get it done. Leave me alone. He's got to go preach. He said, I got in the car with the pastor. He said, it was real quiet. And Doc said, something bugging you? He goes, well, he said, if I talk to my guys that way, if I talk, he said, if I talk to my men that way, they'd all leave. He said, you don't got any men. Right? Amen. You know, when you get, you know, I don't know what it's like now, but, you know, I remember, you, you, I don't remember. I never was in the military, but, I, but you know, I, I watched uh, uh, Gomer, Gomer Powell, USMC Marine Corps, so I know a little bit about the Marines, right, man? John White. And I have, you know, I, I've, got, I've got a pretty, a pretty good uh, understanding about the Marines with, you know, my pastor, Dr. Barkley. He was, a, he was a Marine of all Marines. But, you know, they, don't, they, they didn't train you like, you know, oh, now if you don't mind, do 10 push-ups. I mean, they didn't do that way, you know. Well, See, here's what happens. We, we, we've, got to, we've got to understand the devil pushes this. He pushes this. Why? Because it's a trap. It's a snare. Now look, what, look at the book of Luke. Chapter, come on, are you getting anything tonight? Luke 17, go there. We have to, we have to watch that. Luke 17. We all, have, you know, we all have opportunities. You know, just in daily life. I mean, you just go through a drive-through sometimes, and, and the way people act anymore, you know, the way they treat you, they don't even look at you and just kind of throw your change at you and go, Ugh, grunt something. Amen. And so you just have to, you have to walk in love, don't you? Right? Every day, you know. Not every place is Chick-fil-A. You know, where they're nice and fast. Amen. I was in Chick-fil-A. I, I stopped in Chick-fil-A. I don't know this had nothing to do with my sermon, but I'm just a plug for Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A. Uh, you know, I was in, I, I pulled in. I, I was kind of in a hurry, and it was around noon, 12, and I got in the Chick-fil-A drive through line, you know. And when I got here, I thought, what have I done? This was dumb. Because, I mean, you know, you know how long it is, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, and in and, and like 10 minutes, they had me out. And I thought, no offense, all right, no offense. But I thought, if that had been McDonald's, I'd have been here for three days. I'd have had to camp out or something and sent, you know, called in for pizza delivery till I got my burger. All right, let's move on. Praise the Lord. That's not all true of all McDonald's, but I've, you know, all right. Boy, I'm not making any friends tonight, am I? Now, verse, verse, verse 1 of chapter 17. The Bible says, Then said he unto the disciples, this is Jesus, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe to, unto him through whom they come. In other words, you, there's no way you're going to live this life and somebody not step on you. Right? It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, but, but the, here's the thing. He said, It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he should be cast in the sea then he should fit one of these little ones. Listen to this. This is what I want to get to. Verse 3, he, he talked about it's impossible that offenses will come, but he said, take heed to yourselves. That's real important. Take heed to yourself. When offenses come, take heed to yourself. Because well, it, is, it is a snare. It's a trap of the devil. Right? Yeah. To try to get you into offense. There are people that are offended at um, businesses and stores and everything else. And you know what I'm saying. And, uh, you, know, you know, listen, 
What, what is, you know, what is forgiveness anyway? What is forgiveness? Does forgiveness mean you forgot it? No, I've heard people say that. Well, if you've truly forgiven, you'll forget. Are you kidding? you got a brain. God might have the ability to do that, but you don't. Right? See, what was, Jesus told us what forgiveness was. He said, you know, there was a, there was a guy, he owed so much to his, he, you know, to his Lord, you know, and his Lord called him in and he said, pay me what you owe, you know. And he said, Lord, have compassion with me, you know, and I'll get you everything that I owe you. And the Lord had compassion on him and forgave him all the debt. Then another one, then this guy that got forgiven all that debt, he went out, he had a fellow servant that owed him some money, he grabbed him by the throat, you know what I'm saying, and said, pay me what you owe me. And the, and the Lord was wroth with him because he didn't do likewise like his Lord had done for him. And he said, he said you know, you're going to be delivered to the tormentors. So what is forget forgiveness means this, you don't owe me anything. I release the debt. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I don't remember it. And it doesn't mean I necessarily want to have anything to do much with you any longer. Now that surprises some people. It just means I drop it. I've dropped it. You don't owe me a thing. We're good. Right? I mean, if, I go, if, if the neighbor's dog bites me, you know, I'm able to forgive him, but I'm probably not going back in his yard. And it's not that I have unforgiveness. I'm just not, you're, if you're going to act that way, I'm not going to be around you. Is that right? You know what I'm saying? Amen. You know, it's like Jesus said, if someone trespasses against you, you know, uh, seven times in a day, or no, he said 70 times, seven, 490 times in a day. I, I figure if, if I find somebody trespassing against me 490 times in a day, I'm going to find somebody else. Amen. You're too taxing for me, brother, sister. Amen. You're with me tonight. All right. Verse 3. Take heed to yourselves, if your brother trespass against you, uh, rebuke him, if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day uh, he turned to thee saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And listen to what the apostles said. The apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. My gosh, we're going to have to forgive seven times. I mean, you know, Peter wasn't really known for being... A forgiving person. He'd take the sword and cut your ear off. I remember that. Malchus, the high priest servant, he just cut his ear off. So, so Peter, Peter the apostle says, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might send the sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. In other words, he's simply saying, You don't, more faith's not what you need. A little faith, a little faith will do a lot. I think sometimes we make faith too complicated. You know what I'm saying? A little will go a long ways. But he said, you got to say to the tree. You got to use your faith. You got to release it. You got to say. Amen. But, he, but notice verse 7, because he, he, really verse 7 through 10, he's talking about, you know, forgiving your brethren and, and letting go and not, 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 not hanging on to the offense. Verse 7, he said, but which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say to him by and by when he's coming from the field, go and sit down to, to, to me? And will not rather say unto him, uh, make ready wherewith I may sup or dine, and gird, your, gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunken, and afterwards you shall eat and drink. In other words, he says, you don't, if you've got a servant, you don't tell your servant to sit down and we'll feed you and then you can take care of me. No, you take care of me and then you take care of yourself, right? Because you're the servant, right? And, and verse 9, he says, does he, does he thank that servant because he did the things which were commanded him? I think not. So like, listen to this. So likewise ye, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants, but we have done that which was our duty to do. God's simply saying, I've forgiven you much. It's your duty to forgive yourself. To let go of the offenses, to don't hold on to it. Amen. You know, there's people that they hold on to things for years and years and years, and it really it it it, it has an effect on their physical body. It has effect in their life. Amen. See, we have to do like Jesus said: take heed to ourselves. Take heed to ourselves. Amen. 
Because you know what? We're getting a lot of, we're getting more and more persecution as Christians. And it's easy to let offense get in. But, you know, we're getting more and more and called names and everything else and all that. How do you know we're supposed to keep it on, 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 on a God level, not on their level? That's what we're supposed to do. Amen. And so Jesus simply saying right here, he's simply saying that, uh, you know, you have to watch out for yourself. You have, to, you have to do your duty because here's the thing. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. See, In other words, you're, everything you receive from God comes through your heart. With the heart man believeth. Right? So if, if your heart gets full of junk, the pipe gets clogged up. You can no longer receive any longer. Amen. You know, things, things, things that we, we have to make sure that we keep, we keep our, our, our pipe, you know, cleaned out. Amen. So, uh, well, you know, the, the, the scripture tells us that in Proverbs, you know, the, the, the heart, keep, keep, it, uh, keep it, your heart with all diligence, or literally, the Bible says above all keeping, keep your heart. Now, here's the good thing. Are, are you ready to shout? Here's the, uh, is anybody ready to shout? Amen. Here's the good thing. God has given us weapons that are not carnal. Amen. That's a good thing. Yes. See, here's what we have that the world doesn't have. You can't preach this to the world because they can't help it. This is just who they are. But we believers, the Bible says the love of God's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So we have a supernatural something on the inside of us that they don't have. We have love we can walk in that they don't have. That means when I run into the store clerk that's rude or the, you know, the person, I've got something inside of me and I've got to remember to yield to it. Amen. To yield to it. And so, you know, God didn't leave us without power. The Bible says, when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you received power. Now you may say, well, I don't feel like I got any power. Well, it didn't say you feel like you got power. It said you got power. Well, I'm not seeing any power. It didn't say you'd even, you'd even walk in it. It said you got it. There's a difference. You could have the power and not walk in it. There's a lot of things that you could have and not do you any good. Amen. You could have knowledge about something and not do you any good if you don't if you don't apply it, don't use it. You ever notice? I don't know why I get off on this. I don't. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll leave it alone. But you ever notice how many, how many diet plans there are, in America? You know, we was talking to Jeremy about it last night. I said, you know what? You go back to the 40s and 50s. You go back to the 40s and 50s, and you, you, didn't, see, you, you didn't see as many overweight people. Why is it so quiet in this church? But I said, you watch, you watch what they put on their plate. They didn't have near as much on their plate. They'd eat three meals a day, and they, but you look at their plate, they, and, and, and he, said, he said, yeah, he said, I just read this article where he said back in the 40s and 50s, the plates were uh, nine-inch plates. Then they made them, bumped them up to 10. Now they're at 12. Pastor Jerry's is 24. <laughs> Couldn't resist that, brother. Well, have me know. <laughs> His has got sideboards on it, you know, <laughs> like a cattle truck, you know. All right, I'm just as guilty sometimes. <laughs> have, have me understand that you, you, listen, anybody that's got any kind of brains knows how this works. I don't care what diet you pick. The bottom line is you can't, Take in more calories than you burn. That's all there is to it. 
Now, I don't care if you go on the South Sea diet. You know, what's that one? That, that Glutton-free diet. You can go on any of those, and maybe they spark you and help you. There's nothing wrong with that. But they all have to come down to the basic laws of sowing and reaping. You sow, you're going to reap, even in the food area. So it all comes back down to that. You know, people say, well, you know, this one will speed up your metabolism and all that. Yeah, well, maybe it does, but you can't live that way. You can't live that way. You know what I'm saying? You know, people get on these. I have all kinds. Listen, I speak to you from experience, not because I've done it. I haven't been on any kind of diet in my life other than just reduction of food diet. What I mean by that? Well, I'm not, 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 no kind of special diet. I lost 40 pounds once. I found 40 pounds, but I didn't go on any diet. I just quit eating like a stump grubber <laughs> and walked and lost weight. And so, anyway, but, I have, but I've got experience because all my preacher friends go on them. Well, okay, 94% of them. <laughs> No, I know Pastor Jerry doesn't. Pastor Chuck, he, he doesn't. But I've got others that they're on them, you know, and I'm around them, you know, well, I'm on this special diet. I'm on this diet. I'm on that diet, you know. And I can't go here and eat and can't go there and eat and all that. But it, 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 but, but what I'm saying is, see, you, all you got to do is use the knowledge that you have. You don't, you don't have to run out and buy, you know, pay $500 for 50 ways to lose my flubber. You don't have to go do that. You can but the basic knowledge you already have. I can't eat as much as I want. And I want to. But I can't. <laughs> Moving right along. Praise God. Now. <laughs> you, Pastor, Pastor Jerry's offended now. So let's move along. Let's go to 2 Timothy. I've done preached him in offense. Go with her second Timothy. How many are following what I'm saying? I don't know if that's making any sense, but see, you you have the knowledge already. You just got to use it. Amen. And I find that's true a lot of times. People that they know what to do, they just they just not applying it. You got to apply it. So we're just talking about watch out for offense. Don't get offended. You know, in these end times, don't let that don't let that spirit that's in the world get in you. Don't let it do it. Don't 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 do it because the the I'm telling you. It's being pushed. It's being pushed. This group offended at this group. This group offended this group. I don't, listen, I don't go for all that. I don't go for all that. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going to jump into that. Amen. You know, call me names if you want to call me names, but, you know, I'm not, going, I'm not jumping in. Oh, yeah, you know, my rile me for a little bit, but I'm, I'm not going to jump into that. I'm not going to do it. Amen. Now, in Timothy, 2 Timothy, you there? Verse 4, let me show you something here. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Verse 16, this is Paul. He said, at my first answer, or literally, he's talking about his first defense, his first trial, when he was was put in, in jail, first time, and had to appear, you know, for his trial. He said, at my first answer, my first defense, no man stood with me. Now, isn't that something? All his partners traveling with him, when he got arrested, they boogied. They left him. And he said, all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Well, here's somebody that knows something, isn't it? Right? He said, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me... The preaching might be fully known, and that the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And all, and the, now listen to this. See, this is a guy that he wouldn't hold on to that offense. I mean, he could have been offended, right? I mean, all these people, I'm with you, Paul, I'm with you, Paul. He gets arrested. Well, I'm, I'm out of here. I boogie. You know, all right. He said, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, I think the reason why he, he could say this, the Lord stood with me, the Lord strengthened me, the Lord will deliver me, is because he didn't hold us against those people. He let go of it. Now, I want to look at one last scripture. Did you get anything tonight? Go over to Genesis chapter 39. I want to show you another guy here in Genesis 39. Go there. 
When you look through the Bible, one of the things you see about the people that were great in God, they didn't hold on to offenses. They let go of stuff. What about, uh, what about uh, Stephen? You know, when they were stoning him, he said, Lord, lay not this into their charge. Where did he get that from? He got that from Jesus, didn't he? I mean, he was, he's the number one <coughs> example. What if Jesus on the cross would have said, Father, get him back. Smite him with hemorrhoids. Well, that's in the Bible. The King James calls them emrods, but just preparation H is all it is. That's what it is, you know. Well, how many know Jesus wouldn't do that? Why? Because he's the love of God, right? Amen. See, here's the thing you got to know. You know, the Bible says, God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. See, Paul even said, we didn't read the verse, but he, he said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Let the Lord take care of it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not entering into that. I mean, God's able to take care of it. There's even a scripture in 2 Thessalonians. God said, it's a righteous thing with me to, to, pay, to repay trouble on those that trouble the church. You keep messing with the church and I'll mess with you. Amen. That's in the Bible, New Testament. So, what's the thing? Let God, let God take care of it. Amen. Like one preacher said, you know, he said, I know the Bible says, you know, the vengeance is mine, I'll repay. But he said, the Lord's too slow, I'll handle it. <laughs> you better let the Lord handle it. Amen. <laughs> you just stay out of it and walk in love. Amen. Now, notice first uh, chapter 39, Genesis 39. Verse 1, it says, And Joseph was brought down to, to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down there. Well, how did he get there to start with? His brother sold him. His own brother sold him into, into slavery because they were jealous of him. But verse 2 says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Now jump over to verse 21. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph, and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now he's in prison. He was in the pit, got sold into slavery. Now he's in prison. Well, how'd he get in prison? He got in prison because somebody lied about him, right? Couldn't he be bitter? Couldn't he be offended? He could be offended at his brothers. He could be offended at, at, at Potiphar, especially Potiphar's wife. I mean, at least Potiphar had an excuse. You know, he, his wife told him this happened. He believed her. So I wouldn't really be offended. You know, what I'm saying, it's not really Potiphar's fault per se. It's his wife. But notice this, verse 21. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. This guy had a handle on it, didn't he? Now, go to 50, Genesis 50, chapter 50. This is our last scripture tonight. Genesis chapter 50, go there. <clears throat> now, how many know what happened to Joseph? How many remember what happened to him? He got lifted out of the prison, right? And he became the prime minister, second in command, of the, of, of the greatest nation on the earth at the time, Egypt. Pharaoh said, I, only, only in the throne am I above you. You run the whole thing. I'm still, I still am on the throne, but everything else, you got charge of it. Run the whole, run the whole, run the whole country. I mean, talk about God can vindicate you, can't he? I mean, he is in the prison. He is in the stinky, dirty, filthy prison. And before the day's over... He is, he is riding in the, the, the second chariot 
of Pharaoh. Pharaoh's got the number one chariot. How many of his chariot's going to be pretty nice, right? And he's riding in the chariot, and they're saying, bow the knee. Bow the knee. They're bowing the knee to Joseph. That morning, he's in prison. Before the day's over, he, he's, he's, he's running the, 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 the number one nation in the world. God's got a way of vindicating you. If you'll just walk right, right? If you'll just let him take care of things, he's got a way of getting it straightened out. But if you get involved or I get involved, we get in his way. And, 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 and we open up things and we open up our heart to be clogged up and God's power can't flow. Amen. Now, look at this, verse 15. Uh, no, let me, let, before I read that, let me, let me just say, let me talk about this. Joseph is, in, Joseph is now in charge of all of Egypt, all right? He's only second in command to Pharaoh. His brethren come into Egypt to buy food, and they run into Joseph. They don't know it's Joseph. Joseph, you know, he messes with them a little bit, you know, toys with them a little bit. He doesn't tell them. And they leave, and they come back again. And the second time, Joseph made himself known to them, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother. All right? Now, they bring all of, uh, you know, Jacob and all of Israel, all of the children of Israel, they bring them into Egypt because there's a famine going on in Canaan land. And they bring them all into Egypt, and they're, they're, they're living in the land of Goshen, and, and Joseph's taking care of them, you know. Everything's going smooth. Jacob, Jacob, Joseph's father, you know, he passes on. He lives out his days, and he passes on. So he's passed on. He just, he just uh, died. And in verse 15, it says this, And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and he will certainly requite us for all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Your father did command before he died, saying, So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did thee evil, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept, when they spake unto him. Now, I don't think Jacob said that. I just think they made that up. All right. And his brethren also went and fell before his face, and they said, Behold, we be your servants. See, what's that? They think Joseph's now going to turn on them. But Joseph, verse 19, said unto them, Fear not, am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. Now the King James says, but God meant it unto good. Now here's the good thing where that word, that word meant, it actually means wove. You did evil against me, but God wove it into something good. God's able to do that if we just let him do it. God wove it into something good to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, uh, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them, and he spake kindly unto them. That does not sound like a man that held on to any kind of offense whatsoever, does it? Hmm. Boy, he could have, couldn't he? Could you imagine what, when he got lifted out of that dungeon and he's made second in command, he's riding, he's got Pharaoh's ring on, his signet ring, he's got Pharaoh's staff, he's riding in the second best chariot in all the country, and they're saying, bow the knee. Could you imagine what Potiphar's wife thought? Could you imagine the fear that was going through her that day when she thought, this, this man's going to get even with me? Because she knew she lied. She knew he spent time in prison for over a lie. Right? I imagine that woman was terrified. 
But she had a, but this was a man. He didn't even bring it up. He could have. He could have went and got her and arrested her. He could have had her thrown in jail. He could have had Potiphar thrown in jail. He could have had all his brothers thrown in jail. But he didn't take vengeance, did he? Here's what I want to say. I believe that's one of the reasons the Bible says he was a prosperous man. He let God fight his battles. Amen. Why am, why am I preaching this? Because we're going to have a lot in these last days to deal with, to contend with. A lot of things. I'm not preaching junk to you, unbelief to you. It's just the truth. The early church had it. I don't know why we think we'd be any different. There's going to be a lot of nasty things said about you. There probably already are. Untrue things said about you. There's things on the internet about preachers that if you... If, it's, a, it's amazing to me that Christians believe everything they, some Christians believe everything on the internet about preachers. It's like I heard one preacher say one time, he said, you know, he said, I wish I did have all that money they claim I have. I wish I had that. Right? Because they'll just, they'll lie. The devil's, the devil's, he's, he's dirty. He's a liar. His children will lie. They will make things up. They will say ugly things. But what are we supposed to do? Let the Lord handle it. Let the Lord take care of it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to let that get in my spirit. I'm not going to do it. Amen. Amen. I knew a couple, and I'll close this finally. I knew a couple men. <clears throat> one man, he loaned this guy $2,000. That doesn't sound like as much now. It's still, you know, I'll put it in my hand. I'll take it. But in, this was years back, and that was, a lot, that was quite a bit of money then. He loaned him $2,000 to help him out. And that guy, <clears throat> which was wrong, that guy that borrowed the $2,000, he never paid it back. You know, one thing, he struggled financially, you know, but that's not an excuse. He could have, you know, what I'm saying, you know, because the guy wanted it back. You know, if the guy said, you don't, you don't owe it to me back, well, that's, that's, that's called seed, that's sowing. But he wanted it back. He wanted the money back, and the guy just never paid it back. And this guy, listen up, this guy that, that you know, was owed the $2,000, he, he turned on this guy that owed him the money, and he wouldn't talk to him. He wouldn't have anything to do with him. And they were family members. You understand? They were family members. And he turned on him. Well, I just watched how their lives turned out. I watched that. This guy that held on to that bitterness over that ended up getting cancer, bone cancer, and, 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 and dying from it. Now, I'm not saying cancer comes because you sinned. You understand? But sin does let... The devil in. Remember Jesus said, go your way and sin no more? Right? That doesn't mean people are sick because they sin. But I, you understand? How many follow me? But, but, it, but it does. The Bible says envy is, is rottenness to the bones. See, you have to just. So he, he, he held on to that. And I watched him die that death. Now, hopefully before he died, he let go of it. I think he got born again. Uh, and I hope, I hope that's true. Uh, but, but my point in saying that is simply this, is it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. If you trust God, God's able to give you much more than $2,000. Amen. And so we have to watch that because things like that happen in life, but God wants us to let the Lord take care of it. Be like Joseph. Amen. And let God prosper you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let him take care of it. Praise God. Did you get anything tonight? I know this wasn't like a rip-roar, hallelujah, make me feel good type message. But really, there's a lot of people right now that, that their lives are destroyed because they're still hanging on something happened years ago. And some people are hanging on stuff they did years ago. I was talking to a guy one time. 
And he's talking to me about how he made a mistake. This is like 1980. I'm going to say it's 1984. I'm talking to him, Pastor Chuck. And he's just struggling. He's a Christian. He's a preacher. He's struggling. And he told me, so I'll tell you why I'm struggling. He said, in 1964, I did this. I said, what? 1964, 1964, that was 20 years ago. It's time to move on, brother. Well, yeah, but people won't let me forget. Well, don't worry about people. People don't control your destiny. God controls your destiny. Don't worry about people. Amen. A lady said to me one time, she said this to me, there's a minister, he got in sin, and he, it was wrong, but he, he repented. And, uh, but he got in sin, and this lady, I'm talking to this lady, and she says this to me, she says, I will never sit under his ministry ever again. And I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not making this up. The Lord spoke to me just as plain as can be. He said, I'm more offended by her attitude than I am by what he did. He asked me to forgive me. I've forgiven. It's gone. But her attitude lives on. See, I made that. I added that on. Her attitude lives on. But all the Lord said to me, I'm more offended by her attitude than I am by what he did. Amen. How many of the blood of Jesus forgive it? Guess what you should do? Amen. And you say, well, I blew it 25 years ago. Well, move on. God's forgiven it. Why are you hanging on to it? Amen. So let's stand up. Praise God for his word. Amen. I told a guy that one time, no uncertain terms. I had to speak really rough to him because he wasn't getting the nice stuff. I said, you know what your problem is? What? I said, you got more faith in your sin than you do the blood of Jesus. I can't help you until you change that. You got to get over that. Realize, don't tell me what happened, how you sinned. 25 years ago, you sinned? Don't, when I say don't tell me that, don't tell me that, that, that God's still holding that against you. Is what I mean. God, if you ask God to forget, hey, he forgot about 25 years ago. <laughs> Amen. Thank God he's like that. Amen. If he should mark iniquities, none of us would stand, would we? Amen. All right. Thank God for his word. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.